Eric is going to be responsible for leaving what now takes place. And we are going to do it for 50 minutes until it's a quarter to the hour. Where we have six songs to sing. And in between those songs, you're going to have an opportunity to get up in this pulpit for one minute at a time to read a verse or two adjoining verses that pertain to our salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ. Eric has a list for those of you that already got to him to get started with. And if he runs out, then he'll just ask for those to get up. Let's not run for the pulpit or do some of the things that we do at times for popcorn praise because we want to keep it solemn enough for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. But there's a lot to accomplish in the next 50 minutes. And I'm looking forward to hearing you get up and and share a verse of Scripture that the Lord has pressed upon your heart, in your mind, over the years, in the last 24 hours, to give honor and glory to Jesus Christ. We want Him and His Father and the Holy Spirit to know that we love the Lamb of God. And that we love to revel in the great things that He has done for us and lift Him up and to remember His death even as we approach the Lord's table. Eric? Your first song will be 158 in the Burgundy. Number 158, 158.
Amen. I said, brothers and sisters, the stage is set. There's a very few number of people on the planet, relatively speaking, that understand who God is and want to worship him. There's a lot of people in this country that are here in church or in their respective places of assembly right now, giving God a form of worship and a form of godliness, but their heart is missing. So I appeal to you now, here is your chance to get engaged from your heart and from your soul, because after all, he does not desire burnt offering and sacrifice. He does not desire the form of worship if your heart is not engaged. So I would implore you, use your tongue from an engaged heart and help us be engaged and share what the Lord has laid on your heart and let's worship him and let's take this opportunity to lift him up in our own souls and as a body. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll do what, we, uh, what we've started doing the last few times, and I'll just have a seat and pick two at a time, generally in the order that you guys came to me. And there's about 20 or so, and if, if we all limit it to around a minute or a little bit less each, then we may have time for a few others at the end, and we'll see how the Lord leads. But the first two then will be Ryan Hudson and Jerry Evans, please. My current favorite verse uh, of salvation is the second to the last verse of the Bible. Uh, he which testified these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. This verse is a promise of the Lord Jesus Christ, of His return and our final salvation. This And this salvation is the end of our faith and hope. It's yes. the culmination of all of our lives before, before Christ and yes. is where we will receive sinless bodies and be free of that struggle and be able to perfectly praise our blessed and only potentate. Amen. Amen. I'm going to um, go in a little direct, different direction than I intended based on an event that happened during our preparatory last night. Um, so bear with me to tell you a quick story. We were doing devotions last night. I was going directly through our pastor's um, outline, and I was talking to everybody there, but I was directing everything to Elizabeth. And I was asked her, Elizabeth, have you ever lied? She says, yes. I said, well, you're going to hell. Have you ever disobeyed God? Elizabeth, you're going to hell, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. And I went on that way a little bit. And... Deborah stops me and says, Jerry, she's almost in tears. She's about to break out into tears. And I looked at her, and she was fighting back, bawling. And being the comforting person I am, I said, good. I said, that's what she should be doing. The problem is, why aren't the rest of us? And that convicted me very much last night, and especially this morning, of just reflecting on just what the Lord has done for us. The Apostle Paul says that when talking about being constrained by the love of Christ, he says, we thus judge that if, all, that, that if he died for all, then all were dead. And that they which were dead should not henceforth live for themselves, but for the one that died for them. Yes. The Apostle Paul and the others, they reflected on these things. And of course, that led me to an old faithful, which the Apostle John did exactly what Elizabeth did last night because he was looking at it through the eyes of a child like she was and realized that there was no hope. And he said, and I'm just going to read verse 4 and 5 because you all know the rest of it. And I wept much because there was no, because there was, and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one said, and one of the elders saith unto me, 
Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And we rejoice greatly after talking about hell that there was a there was a cure for it, and it was the Lamb of God. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter fifty three. Oops, I should have had it turned to. Um, before I start reading in Isaiah fifty three, one of my favorite classical pieces of music is the Messiah. And by the inspiration through Handel, right before Isaiah 53 in the Messiah is John 1.29. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I apologize ahead of time if I stole someone's verse or, or ver- it's actually two conjoining verses because I'm sure it's a favorite of many. But uh, John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him, <clears throat> excuse me, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Amen. I am, I'm not a biological descendant of Abraham, and I don't have to be. My parents didn't know enough to sprinkle me as a baby, and they didn't have to. And I don't have to worry if I've said a prayer of salvation and meant it enough, or said it enough times, or used the right words, because I don't have to. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. These verses are very comforting to me. Um, I'm thankful for the Apostle Paul and uh, these three verses. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Burgundy Hymn Books, number 323, please. And after this hymn, Brother Jim Cutler, if you'll be next. 323 has been selected. Sometimes when I think of the cross I find much sorrow there To think of such a perfect life He gave without us here My Savior, my Savior died 
Amen. Amen. Brother Jim Culler be followed by David Jones, please. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1 and 2. Comfort ye. Comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Amen. Amen. The Lord our God cares that the story that you hear, you know, the story sometimes we sing, the victory in Jesus, the gospel, he cares that we're comforted by it. Yes, it's a victory, but we're comforted by the fact that our warfare is accomplished. We have to fight every day. We're still fighting, but the victory is accomplished. It is finished, as Michael said earlier, it's finished. So we can take comfort in that, and we should speak comfortably one to another, and we're doing so today. Praise the Lord. I'll be reading out of Ephesians 1. I'll be reading verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Uh, I think my favorite verse out of this passage is verse 4, where it says that he chose us, out of all the people, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So we can be without spot, without blemish, and we can be holy in his presence. And that is very comforting, as Brother Keller just said. One of my favorite short charges in the Bible comes from Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Gives what we ought to do and why we do it. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run our, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto yes. Jesus, the yes. author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising this shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Romans chapter 5. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so... By the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto the eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm thankful for this passage because even though the Lord Jesus prayed that that cup would be removed from him, he was obedient unto his Father's will. He said, not my will, but thy will. And he was obedient unto death. And just as we didn't have a choice in Adam to be made sinners 
I'm thankful to now know the truth that we had no choice in Jesus Christ unto righteousness, but God made that choice for us. All the biggest events in life normally only happen once. Our birth, our death, marriage, and other such. It only happens one time. If you do it more often, it becomes repetitive and you don't get to appreciate it as much. As we heard this morning, the Old Testament, the children of Israel probably killed a thousand lambs a year for the sacrifice of sins. But there was an event that occurred once. Hebrews 10.12 But this man, the Lamb of God, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God on of, of God. We're going to hymn books number 221, please. That dreadful night. And Adam Eastlin, if you'll start us off after this segment. 221. That dreadful night John 10, 28 through 30. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So the Lion of the the tribe of Judah 
and the great I am that I am Jehovah, the two greatest feared names in the world are one. And what are they doing in this unification? They're holding us in their hand, which no man is able to pluck. So our eternal salvation is secure, and we don't need to worry or even fear in the slightest about man, demons, the devil, or even ourself to pluck us out of that hand. Amen. If you'd like to look along with me, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's a chapter that we usually think about for the resurrection, but I want to apply it a little bit more broadly. And, uh, and it's parallel to what Joel said. I want to speak about the completeness of sin. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 and 22. For since by man came death. Not just simple death. Spiritual death to man first. Physical death followed by the second death in hell. And that death reached so far as to touch all of creation so that everything decays and dies. Man brought death. By man came also the resurrection of the dead. Amen. For as in Adam all die. We're all in Adam. We are all condemned. Every single thing in this world, whether it be human or not, every tree, every animal, they all die because of Adam. Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. Sin is complete. It overwhelms everything with death. Everything. The work of Christ is complete. And all those in him will surely be made alive. And that power is so great that he will wipe this universe clean of sin and death itself. That's how great our Lamb is. My, uh, my passage was actually referenced in the first sermon. It's uh, Hebrews 10.9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. And what's he talking about? He's talking about the change in religion from the old to the new. Yes. As referenced in Psalm 40, verse 6, yes. uh, sacrifice and offering would be done away with. Why is that? Well, because... Uh, Jesus came and died for our sin. It's completely covered. We don't have to sacrifice over and over again to make sure that it was done. It's sure. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for much better religion. Amen. In light of all that has been spoken this morning before me, in light of all the blood, the billions and billions of gallons of blood that were shed in the Old Testament, And because the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is better. Yes. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 2. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also being them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. A good question to ask ourselves. So the verse that I picked was Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. And the reason I picked this was, 
early, uh, I'm a new Christian, and early on, as I was going to a Christian church, I always heard about, um, for by grace are you saved through faith. I just heard that part of those two verses over and over, and uh, they never really finished it. And as I was studying uh, the doctrine of salvation, which was kind of the, the kickoff for me, um, really digging into the Bible, um, I tripped over this verse, and it, and it really helped convert me to um, you know, the Bible view of salvation, that uh, God's doing the saving, you know, through his son, Jesus Christ, and that I have no part in it. And so Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so it kind of eliminates me making a decision or choosing, you know, that easy, believe, easy believism salvation. And um, it just... Uh, excited me and um, just really motivated me further and further into the Word of God. Amen. Red hymn books, please. Red hymn books. And Alex, if you'll start us off after we sing this hymn. Red hymn books number 257. Stricken, smitten, and afflicted. 257.
um, Ephesians 1, and I'm going to read 14 through uh, 12. And uh, I'm thankful for a couple things in this chapter. And one is the understanding that we have with this chapter and predestination. I've talked to a lot of Arminians, and I you know, try to convert them and help them understand what this means. And when I talk about predestination, they're like, well, that is when you know God knows when you will accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And it's, that's just foolishness to me because he's almighty and he already saved us. The second thing I'm thankful for is all of the, the he, him, and himself proving that it is all Jesus Christ. And it, without him, we can't do anything. And we're worthless and going to hell if he didn't do what he did. So I'm going to read this real quick. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, with which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 7. going to be reading verse 25. Through 27. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first of his own sins, then for the sins of the people. For this he did once, when he offered himself up. Our Jesus Christ died once for all of our sins compared to the Old Testament priests. The Old Old Testament priests sacrificed sins, well, sacrificed sheep daily for the sins of the people, first for themselves. If it took one sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, his own body, for us once, that is a great payment for our sins. Romans 3.23, this is a condemning verse if you read it by itself. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I'm glad the sentence doesn't end there. Being justified freely... By grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God.
I told Eric I would be more than a minute. Um, um, all right, Matthew 26. It's already been alluded to by Joel, but I, I think it's important to read um, Jesus speaking. Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as, but as thou wilt. And he continues, verse 42 of Matthew 26. He went away, this is not Jesus speaking, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, second time he prayed, O oh my Father, if this, cup, um, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And I, you know, I think about the cross. Here's a, here's a prayer, let the cup pass, but Jesus was, and Joel used the word obedient. He was obedient. Um, he wanted to do the will of the Father yes. for us. Amazing. Amen. And now I'm going to fast forward to First Peter, um, verse 3. I'm going to tie it all up in a minute, I hope. First Peter 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy, and I stop there at mercy, I'm here because of mercy. Yes. Um, according to His abundant mercy, hath He begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. So He did the will of His Father, and I was a benefit. The beneficiary, yes, via mercy, and now, um, Jerry, man, you share the same verse. I mean, the same chapter, Revelations five. If you would be, you can turn there if you wish. I just find that I can I contemplate the words, and they, you know, a pastor asks, "What moves you?" He asks, you know, this is, you know, the Lamb of God. Yes, does that move you? Yes. I'll tell you something else that moves me. Um, Jerry, I think you read 4 and 5. Um, I'm going to kind of go where I was going to read more than that. Um, well, I can't find it right offhand, but I know it well enough. Um, thou art worthy. Yes. He opened the book. He he opened the book because he was worthy. The only yes. one worthy. You know, I thought about not my will, but thy be done. And who of us could say we've always done that? No one. So there is only one worthy um, to receive glory, honor, praise, and blessing. Yes. So, Amen. those are my thoughts. I, I enjoy, and I thank the pastor for allowing us to step up here to share. Um, I got a lot out of this, and thank you. Thank you, Don. Turn back, if you will, in your red hymn books. Red hymn books. We'll sing number 248. Good, number 248, please. 248. Oh. Uh-huh. 
Amen. Amen. Brother Paul, be followed by Brother Daniel, please. The Lord Jesus Christ, before his humiliation, was the Word of God, the infinite Jehovah of the Bible. He had all the glory of heaven, and he was rich incomparably. By contrast, Paul Crosby was dead in his sins, lost, without hope, the recipient of eternal fire, and incomparably poor. And so I read 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Thank you to whoever selected 248 in the red. That really messed me up there. Sorry. All right. I want to read um, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through the end. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're talking about salvation through Jesus Christ. This is the the end of our salvation. I'm thankful for that. Just a New Testament test for you. It's very easy. Mary had a child, true or false? True, right? What was the gender of her first child? Male. What was his name? Jesus. What did he do? You know where I'm going, don't you? Matthew 121, the angel says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. You know, I think I could say I hate Arminianism as much as Paul hated circumcision law-based salvation. He wasn't surrounded with Arminians. We are. But it detracts from the glory of Jesus Christ. It creates hypocrites out of the best of them because none of them can live up to the burdens that that system puts on them. Yes. And it... it um, it, it, it distracts children of God from doing what God does tell them to do, all the New Testament duties. They ignore all those because save the lost at any cost. But our Jesus did save his people from their sins. And notice it's his people. You know, I don't like the term limited atonement. I think our enemies must have given us that name. But... Their atonement is as limited as ours is, just in a different way. They limit the effect of yes. that atonement. Yes. We limit right. the quantity of that atonement. Yes. So the term, it is, we believe in unlimited atonement, and if you look at it correctly, and that 
He gave his children all the atonement that they needed. Amen. Bless the Lord Jesus for our Jesus really does save. Amen. I believe that we've thoroughly praised the Lord and given him all the glory that we possibly can. I want to end on this note in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written... He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I've never been happier to be able to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father with with a bunch of low lives like you guys. Burgundy Hymn Books number 129, please. Dripping from the cross. Burgundy Hymn Books 129.
Great.